Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Biz Books. My name is Gene Marks. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really happy that you are here. Uh, this, obviously, you know, for people that listen to the show and watch the show on YouTube, uh, I interview some, some super smart authors of great business books, uh, and we discuss uh, the books themselves and what we can learn from them. And today, uh, I have Claire Jarrett with me. Claire has written, her book is Rapid Google Ads Success, how to Achieve It in Seven Simple Steps. Claire is speaking to me now in July from a boiling hot Bristol, England. Uh, Claire, thanks very much for joining me. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, I'm glad that you're here. Uh, you know, so uh, first of all, let's talk a little bit about you. Um, so you, you've written this, this great book, which I read through, and I actually made uh, my, my own digital marketing manager buy a separate copy of it because uh, I enjoyed it that much. Um, how did you come about to write this book? Tell us a little bit about your background. Um, okay, so... Um, the, my original background with Google Ads has been right back since 2007, 2008. I started teaching it. So my original, um, originally, before setting up my first business, I was actually a secondary school teacher. Okay. And then I set up an IT training company because that was a subject I was teaching in schools, uh, PowerPoint, Word, etc. But then once I started training in PowerPoint and Excel, etc., I very rapidly realized that people were more interested in what I was doing to bring them to the courses. You know, where was I finding these PowerPoint attendees or filling these Excel courses? And I started thinking, hmm, there's something to this um, because I'd learned Google Ads from scratch, um, mainly following online tutorials. I think Perry Marshall had something out there back then. And um, yeah, I just fell in love with Google Ads and could see how badly small business owners needed it. So in 2008, I actually recorded a DVD set, which I still have. It's not for sale today, of course, okay. because things have changed so very fast. But this was bit. the world's first Google Ads training set back then in 2008, 2009. Um, but then the actual idea for the book, so then moving on to the idea for this book, I was actually sat on a plane back in, I think it might have been February, March earlier this year, and I was actually reading a book that was talking about setting a goal and actually getting completely behind it, because I've published a couple of books before, and I thought, Do you know what, I'm going to set a goal that I really want to get behind it's going to be a really good book good. it's not just going to be any book it's going to be a book that is really going to transform the way that people think about google ads that's really going to teach them something they need to know stop them from being ripped off by google or cold called by agencies and that really will do its part to change business owners lives so that was the idea behind it and I think you've achieved that with this book. I mean, there, there are other books, as you know, there are plenty of other books out there about, you know, Google ads and Google AdWords and um, uh, digital marketing. Um, this book is, is very, it's very detailed. And when you say it in like seven simple steps, you know, there, there are, you, you really do outline, um, you know, the particulars of what you need to do to create and, and you know, tr track, measure ads, um, and make sure that they're successful. It's it's a really really good it's a really really good guidebook. So yeah, I do thank you. yeah I, I I appreciate that. So you before I get into some of the details, I gotta you just mentioned about some of the pitfalls with you know like with Google and you know you getting ripped off or whatever. 
I, I, I went to a conference. It was pre-COVID. It was like, you know, but it was late, like 2019. And um, it was a conference by um, a company called Moz, M-O-Z, which I'm, I'm sure you yes. bumped into, right? Yes. And it was in Seattle. And um, it was a digital marketing conference, right? So um, I, I went there for two days. I heard two days of presentations from some really smart people that were like digital marketing experts, you know, at, at large brands, at agencies, independent consultants, and, and they would all come up to talk about, you know, you know, their approach to doing Google ads, you know? And um, every single one of them, um, by takeaway, and these are like the smartest people in the industry, you know, basically walked away, basically saying like, we really have no idea what, we, you know, what, what Google is doing. You know, like we're, we're just trying to figure it out. It's like this big mystery, you know? Totally. Mm. I, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, like, is you, you've written this book about, you know, being successful with Google ads, but even some of the smartest people in the business realize that it's like this Pandora's box, you know, how do you, how do you answer that question? Like, you know, that, that, you know, your, your approach is going to be better than anybody else's. Yeah. Okay. That's a really good question. Um, well, I firmly believe that small business owners need to be heavily involved in their own marketing. And I have a strong dislike when people abdicate their marketing. I've been in that situation earlier on in my career, attempting to manage people, Google, people's Google ads, where they would give it to you, tick a box, and then say, there you go. It's your job to deliver leads for the business. It doesn't work like that. You absolutely have to understand what's going on. You absolutely have to understand the conversation that's going on in a prospect's mind. And that will be reflected in the type of keywords that people use. And if you're bidding on the wrong type of keyword, and it could be something simple, like the difference between a singular and a plural, mm. or, you know, or the difference between training and course, for example, is intense. The difference between coach and consultant, you know, the differences in the nuances in the words, really, you do have to jump into that thinking like your prospect, and also you as the business owner have a far better understanding of why people are buying. So why on earth would you try and give that to somebody else to manage from day one when really you need to hold their hand alongside it as they're going through that process? You know, it's, it is absolutely the biggest mistake that I have made um, over the years in doing, you know, you know, advertising on Google. Uh, I myself, you know, I mean, I, I mean, clear, I run a business, I've got 10 people where a, you know, we, we sell CRM software, you know, like, you know, okay. like Soho or Microsoft Dynamics, Salesforce. So we've got the kind of business where, you know, maybe AdWords might be important, which I'll get to that in a minute, but it is, I've always delegated it to somebody else. And I did exactly the opposite of what you're saying. And I have, and I have achieved the exact results that you, that you would have predicted that I would have achieved, you know, which are, um, you, know, uh, you know, less than adequate results because I'm not as involved. So, you know, so your advice is as a business owner, um, if you're going to get into the world of Google advertising, which is a complex, ever-changing world, you got to go all in. Is that, is that a fair statement? Absolutely. To get a deep understanding of it, even if you then intend to give it to somebody else to manage afterwards, at least make sure you thoroughly understand what the aim is with Google Ads to get it working. 
fair enough. It's fair enough. Okay, let's dig into some of the details that you have in this book. And and the, the best the best way that I can approach this interview is to sort of throw out you know a couple you know, concepts that you that you you know mention that you talk about. And then just have you give your thoughts on them. Do you know what I mean? And okay. I, you know, and if and if you're if you're watching this interview or you're listening to this interview, just know that we're we're, we're scratching the surface of what's in the book. But this gives you an idea of the kind of thoughts that you're you know that that you're getting. Okay. And it, and and Claire, I'm I'm going to jump around a little bit, so I do apologize for that. I'm not going to sit there and go through every single page here, but. Um, let you know, let me first of all you you ask you for your thoughts on relevance. Why is relevance so important to Google? So Google has acquired its and cemented its position as the leading search engine because it has so strongly focused on relevance and therefore it wants to keep that position. It, in order to get your ads at the top. Google needs to be sure that your ads are actually a match for what the other person's typing. So if for what the person's typing, if they're typing in a keyword, then you want to show people an ad that precisely matches that keyword and take them through to a landing page that talks about that keyword. And that's how to get relevance all the way through, because relevance is about making sure that the person sees something that is of a, as close a match as possible for what they're looking for. And what Google will reward you with in terms of the relevance is a higher quality score, which means that you'll then get lower cost per click. But also one of the main things that I talk about a fair amount is the fact if you get high relevance and high quality score, your ads will appear when your competitors don't. Mm. And sometimes you don't even know that your ads aren't showing. And this is a real common problem that I spot when I audit accounts. You don't even know that your ads aren't showing some of the time. Mm. And that sometimes Google judges your relevance, your quality score as so low, the minute you set up in an account, that your ads don't even start showing and you've got no idea why there's no metric in there that you can really look at that shows you that so you really do have to focus on it um, to get the relevance as high as possible okay and what are your what's your advice on achieving that relevance i mean it, it's all about keywords you have a whole chapter why keywords are the key so talk to me a little bit about keywords and your thoughts on them okay so it's essential to identify a list of keywords that are directly related to the conversation in your prospect's mind that are when they're intending to buy. Right. So I talk about um, keyword pathways and the type of keywords that people might use. So for example, if somebody was going to start off buying a pair of shoes, they might start off, it's admittedly unlikely, but they might start off by going to Google and just looking for shoes. Right. As they refine that further down, they're then going to refine it perhaps by leather shoes, then perhaps by black leather shoes, then refine it further to black leather shoes size seven, or perhaps black leather shoes size seven with heel. Now, your job is to identify the buying keywords wherever possible, that, and especially as a small business owner, you do not want to be entering the conversation at the shoes or black shoes or leather shoes conversations um, or in terms of advertising at those levels. Let's leave that 
to Walmart, Amazon, etc. You know, the big advertisers that have got lots of money to waste. Mm -hmm. As a small business, you should be concentrating very carefully on the buying keywords that are refined. They will probably be containing brand terms or they will be very specific local terms, such as local locksmith near me, for example, something like that. Super specific keywords, but that still trigger enough search volume in Google. Because if they don't get enough search volume, the Google will just give you a red message that says they're not getting enough searches, I can't help. So your aim is to build up this list of keywords. And um, even now today, you know, it is still the top mistake I find in accounts I audit is the keywords are too broad. If in doubt, go as far down the pathway as you possibly can. Even mm -hmm. if you're just starting with a list of really super specific keywords, you can always add more in later. Tell me about SpyFu. Why do you like that tool so much? So SpyFu, I love because I can see which keywords a competitor is bidding on. Mm -hmm. But it means I can also see if a keyword is a good keyword. So let's say, for example, um, let's, let's pick the CRM software. So okay. let's say um, CRM software, for example. So CRM software, I would look in SpyFu to see which advertisers have been bidding consistently on that particular keyword term. And if we don't find anybody that's bidding, been bidding consistently, as in they've just appeared once or twice um, over a 12 month period, then that's bad news. It means they're not getting it working consistently. Right. In SpyFu, if you can find advertisers that month in, month out, been advertising every single month on that keyword term, you can presume it's working for them because they are consistently at the top. And from there, you can then go and see what ad copy have they been using? What have they been testing? What have they been changing? And SpyFu allows you to do that. You can also see which keywords, they, other similar keywords they'll, they're bidding on. And you can also use it to pick up some keywords they didn't realize they were bidding on. So that's also quite handy because you can see a list of negative keywords, things you don't want to appear for as well. Tell me about negative keywords, because you you write about that here in this chapter. This is chapter three of the book. Um, why why you know, are negative keywords bad? So negative keywords in terms of um, so in terms of how I see them, negative mm -hmm. keywords aren't really bad as such. I would say we want to build a list of hundreds or thousands of negative keywords. And that would be good if we can build that list of negative keywords, because then we prevent our ads from showing for it. So we might have things like free or cheap or complimentary. What fa other favorites of mine are people quite often looking for job or jobs, apprentice or apprenticeships, etc. Yeah. that type of thing. Now, the reason you build up a list of negative keywords is because otherwise your ads are appearing for things you don't want them to appear for. Mm. And that will cost you money in terms of the clicks. I mean, yeah, that's pretty obvious. Yeah, you're, you're getting clicks for things. You can see that in the search terms. You think, right, well, I didn't want to appear for that. And that's your obvious, okay, I'm wasting my budget there. But as well as that, there's the other unseen danger, which is if you haven't added lots of negatives that you need, that you've not yet spotted, 
then your click-through rate will be lower than it needs to be because you're still being matched against Google still showing your ads against lots of irrelevant terms. Hmm. So you need to go and add negative keywords. And what will then happen is your click-through rate will go up, your quality score will go up, your cost per click will go down. And then you will start to get leads in more cheaply. You will enter the auction more often. And it's just this constant circle. You know, it's, they, it's so necessary to continually add negative keywords. Um, you mentioned also, and we'll get off, we'll, we'll, we'll move away from keywords in a minute, but I just wanted to make sure I, some of the concepts here are so important. Um, localization of your keywords. I mean, whenever I read uh, you know, about doing Google ads, Google loves local, you know? And yeah. again, you use the example of me as a CRM person, you know, if I, you know, Claire, if I advertise, like we sell, for example, like uh, Zoho, okay, which is big, you know, <laughs> you know, CRM product. If I do all the keywords related to Zoho, uh, trust me when I tell you that Zoho Corporation not only has chosen all these keywords, but they've got a much bigger budget than me as well. Uh, mm -hmm. So they're they're dominating, you know. I mean, if you put in, you know, you know, Zoho related uh, phrases or keywords, uh, they're they're coming up. I'm like down on like the fourth page of a Google search, you know. So, um, but if I go local. Um, it does make a difference. You know, I'm located in Philadelphia. So if it's like Zoho Consultant Philadelphia or Zoho Help Philadelphia, I tend to get better results. Uh, so Google likes local. Tell me, tell me about your thoughts on, on localizing the, the keywords that you're yeah, using. Yeah, definitely. I love localizing keywords and it's how I love to help my small business yeah. clients and um, readers to be able to compete against the big guys for exactly that reason so the will writer that i mentioned in the book um that's the approach we've taken with his, his campaign separate landing pages for multiple different towns that he's near yeah. pushing the local aspect you know buy from your local will writer and in your case yeah buy from a local consultant even if they'll never they'll never meet you they're going to talk to you across zoom people like that reassurance of knowing that you're local and yeah, Google will reward you for that. Um, I, I'm sure I read a statistic recently about the number, the proportion of searches containing near me had gone up, I think it's like 50% or 60%. Hmm. So that was an approach that we're now using more and more. So will writers near me, personal trainers near me, locksmiths near me, anytime you can do that approach as well, exactly the same applies. You know, I, and I don't want to sound like this is unethical or anything, but I mean, if I'm going, I'm still going for a national audience. I mean, yeah, I would like to attract customers in Philadelphia, but I'm, I'm still out for, you know, clients in Chicago and, you know, Miami and LA as well, you know? Mm -hmm. So you mentioned about building separate landing pages, which we'll, we'll talk about landing pages in a minute, but, you know, I mean, is it, you know, is Google smart enough to know that if I, if I decide to do keywords for Chicago, um, and have a landing page for Chicago, right? Um, you know, it, it, is Google smart enough to know that my business is not located in Chicago? I mean, I, we have a contact us page and it says that we're in Philadelphia. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, what are your thoughts on, is, is, that, is that an unethical approach? Or, I mean, we're trying, we're a small business trying to battle against the big guys. So absolutely, yes. you, you know, it doesn't seem illegal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's not illegal. It's a good approach. And at the end of the day, the people themselves will make their own decision. Um, they could go to the contact us page and look to see where you're located. In reality, very few do. Right. Um, and these days, people 
do want that personal friendly approach and if you can still give that to them by targeting an area quite not so close to you then absolutely the end result is still the same people get a great service okay all right that's great um one final question on landing pages, uh, you know, it, critical for, I think, Google, you know, ad search. Tell, give us some of your thoughts on making sure that, you know, we've got the right kind of landing page that Google will like. And are we limited to just having one landing page? Yeah, okay. So um, I love setting up multiple landing pages because you can see the difference in the Google Ads conversion rates straight mm. away. Mm. And you can take that as far as you want. Um, so with a tool like Unbounce or similar, you could, every time you come across a, a group of keywords that's doing really well, you could then create a new landing page specifically talking about that to increase response rate, for example. So in terms of landing pages, I would be, um, starting off at the top with a heading so are you looking for and in your case it would be a zoho crm consultant right. so are you looking for a great zoho crm consultant if so i'd love to help maybe a little bit more about you making sure you're including social proof making sure that you've got ways in which they can can convert easily callback forms maybe to book an appointment maybe phone call but then making sure that you track everything very carefully because these days, if we can put Google in charge of getting more leads for us and you've got your page tracking leads. So let's say that maybe one in 20 of your visitors is converting into a prospect and actually picking up the phone and calling you, then as long as you're getting a certain, maybe a handful of leads a week, before long, you can put Google in charge of the bidding mm. and it spots the type of people that actually fill in these landing pages that are picking up the phone and calling you or filling in the form so mm. the landing pages when set up well to convert then tie directly into letting google do what it now does best and that's in terms of the target cost per acquisition bidding if we can put google in charge of the bidding and to get more leads for us then that's really the ideal situation that's great. All right. Now, listen, don't freak out because I'm going to go all the way to the last chapter of the book. Although I do want to, I, I, we're going to, we're going to circle back because I do want to talk about budgeting. I do want to talk about, uh, you know, tracking and optimize. We, we don't have, I mean, we only have 45 minutes. We don't have time to cover all the stuff that's in this book. <laughs> um, but one thing that intrigued me, which I think would intrigue a lot of my clients, my CRM clients, um, is your chapter on remarketing. Um, and, and I have a few questions on remarketing for starters. You don't seem um, very bullish about the long-term prospects of remarketing, given some of the changes that Google is about is, is making right now about cookies and, and such. Can you, can you, can, can you give us some thoughts on, first of all, maybe you could define what remarketing is and just so we all know like what, what your thoughts are on the future of this. Yeah. Okay. So remarketing um, is when you can follow your visitors around. So they yeah. they have a pixel on their computer that has been placed there, and they're then being followed onto Facebook or Google Ads or LinkedIn, etc. You can actually follow people onto multiple different places, not just Google, from your pixels. And um, I, I love remarketing. I really do but I do have a feeling that we are being pushed in the direction of not being able to use it as much because of privacy concerns. However, 
there will be certain ways around it. So I encourage people to be always um, collecting first party data in, in terms of email addresses, et cetera, wherever possible, encouraging people to subscribe in some way. And then if you use those lists of email addresses correctly, um, as in, you know, you've told people what you're using their data for, yep. if you then upload those back to Facebook as audiences or Google as audiences or LinkedIn as audiences, then you can follow those people around on those platforms. So that is my suggested way around it. And you can also link. So, for example, you and uh, you would be able to link all of your YouTube viewers, for example, anybody that's watched any of your YouTube videos, anybody that's subscribed to any of your YouTube videos. You'd also be able to tie that into your Google Ads account and run it technically as a remarketing uh, um, campaign. So you would be able to follow them around with your ads as well, your past video viewers, for example. Yeah, that, I mean, that really fascinated me. For example, say, you know, you know our conversation right now, you know, I have my BizBooks channel, um, you know, we're, we, we, we are getting lots of views. And so, you know, I, I would like, gee, I would love to be able to reach out to the people. Clearly they're interested in topics or business books. So I would wanna maybe potentially, you know, have a campaign to, keep bringing them back to the channel or maybe mm. you know, to a specific author. Um, so you're saying that you, th there is a way that you can grab YouTube viewers on a, on a channel, your channel. You can indeed. Yes. Your channel. Yeah. You can just tie the two together just in the linked account section. Yes. Fascinating. And then that way, if you place an ad through Google ads, you can actually you know, target your YouTube, you know, the people that have visited your YouTube site. Is that correct? You will be able to follow the YouTube viewers. Yes. Yeah, I think that's really important. I think that's good to know. I know we, we have a lot of clients that have, they'll have an active YouTube site or, and you mentioned earlier also about like email lists, right? I mean, if you have your own, uh, you know, and this is Facebook offers is this, like you said, you know, with, with audiences, but you know, it, like, for example, we have a, a pretty giant list of emails that subscribe, say to our Zoho newsletter, you know? So, mm. you know, we could upload that to Google and we could then target ads at that audience as well, correct? Yes. Yeah. And Google is attempting to push us in that direction now as almost like they're warning us, telling us that remarketing isn't going to be as effective. Therefore, start making use of these lists of emails that you've got. Got it. OK. Um, all right. Let's circle all the way back now where you know, I went all the way to the end of your book. And now I want to come 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 back and let, let's talk about um, campaigns themselves. OK. And um, obviously, you know, people that are particularly small businesses are looking to advertise, uh, you know, they're, they're very, very budget conscious. So tell us, question number one is, I, I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on creating a budget and, and how you can control that budget. And then, um, I, you know, I, I have another question to ask you after that, that's more, you know, not political, but it's more general, but let's talk about budgets. Um, what are your, what's your advice from your book? What advice do you tell your clients when it comes to creating and controlling a budget when you're doing AdWords because you know your money can get eaten up pretty darn quick mm, yes it can yeah yeah okay so the key advice to remember is that it's cumulative at the campaign level so if you have five campaigns then there are five different budgets so if you've got five campaigns set at ten dollars a day then your total daily budget at the moment is fifty dollars per day now, within that, Google may then overspend on certain days. So to watch out for that, 
So what can sometimes happen is that one day it would spend 20 and then the next it would spend next to nothing, for example. So it will even it out. And that's the aim of it. Right. And what can happen with your budgets is I've had a number of clients this has been happening to recently is it's possible that Google, if Google, if you have your campaign set up bidding for target cost per acquisition, then what can happen is Google may refuse to start. If your target CPA is set to low and Google doesn't believe, oh, sorry, I can't get you any leads for $5. That's far too low then actually it may not hit your campaign budget. What will happen is your budgets don't actually get seen at all. But overall, to answer your question about how to keep an eye on it in terms of avoiding budgets running away is to just make sure that you keep an eye on it every day. Remember that budgets are, if you've got five campaigns, then that's five different budgets. And to just keep a close eye on it, never set a, a live campaign and then leave it for a week or two. I would always suggest jumping in there every day in the early stages to keep an eye on it. Claire, don't you find it just a, you know kind of disconcerting that you know we're, we're setting a budget, we're telling Google, okay, it's a we have a five hundred dollar budget or a five thousand dollar budget, and then we're just basically leaving it up to Google to to decide how to spend our money and then report back to us saying, oh well, you got this many clicks and these many impressions. Um, I have clients that that tell me again and again like. Google will tell me that, you know, we set up a separate landing page. Google will tell me that this ad was clicked on a thousand times, but there was only 10 visitors to our landing page. You know what I mean? Like I hear that all the time. Do, do you, do you hear that as well? I mean, you know, and, and do you, do you have any response to, you know, a lot of end users concerns that like, you're just fully trusting in the, you know, the power of Google, you know, the, the people at Google to tell us how they're spending our money. Mm, yes yeah it is it is a problem or it can be a problem um i have audited plenty of accounts where there's been a few really quite big mistakes made and that would be so in the example you just gave there that's likely to happen in i was auditing an account which was a performance max account mm-hmm. um where most of the views were going to um, little videos that Google had auto-created that weren't representative of the brand in any way. They were not actually landing on um, landing pages. They were people that were, um, they were clicking on the display network and ending up on lots of other people's websites. And then they were coming from the display network. Some of them were cl- clicking through to your site. And then I had some where it was actually set up to optimize for conversions to try and bring in as many leads as possible. And they were getting lots of crazy phone calls from people that were just clicking the button and not even really realizing what they were calling up for. So now that is Google's automation for you. Now the book very clearly warns you of every type of automation you can possibly watch out for. And that's even some of the accounts I've mentioned, those have even been managed by agencies or set up by Google themselves. Um, which um, I'm quite cross about, which is why I'm making it my mission to actually get as many people aware of this happening as possible. So yeah, absolutely, it can happen. I can tell you now that if I were to look at the account, I would be able to tell you exactly what had happened and why, and it will be down to some form of automation that should not have been on. And I guess the best way to, to protect yourself against this gets back to what we talked about at the onset of this conversation, 
you've got to be involved, right? I mean, you, mm. you, you have to be aware that these things could be happening and you have to be, um, I guess, asking questions and, and, you know, tracking, you know, and measuring, which we'll talk about in just a minute. Um, but if you just leave it go and don't pay any attention and just expect your phone to start ringing, um, that's probably not a great, you know, not, not, not a great mm. approach. Um, ads, you have a you know, chapter about, about ads and, and, you know, you're getting your campaign set up. So first, let me ask you to give you, give us some of your thoughts on, on ads themselves. Like what ads do you like? What ads do you think are most effective in your opinion? What, what advice do you have for any of us that are looking to actually physically set up our ads for, um, you know, for Google ads? So the ad type that we are required to set up these days will be a responsive search ad. And that has multiple different headlines, multiple different descriptions. And the aim is that you, it's like a little game because Google will give you a score as to how good a job you've done at creating the ad. And as you're filling in the ad, it will say, poor, average, good, excellent. And your aim is to try and get it to excellent if possible. Now, how you get it to excellent is by including as many of the different keywords. So if you've got five different keywords in an ad group, you need to make sure that those are in some way represented, represented within the um, ad headings themselves. Now, as well as that, I, that's where I see some people stop or they might just copy and paste in a couple of features. I would encourage you to go beyond that. I would encourage you to look at competitors to see where are they making their ads standing out. And something that I do like doing is where can you use numbers or statistics or some type of figure such as, you know, 95% of our clients come back or 96% um, would recommend us mm -hmm. and or or um, we'll get back to you within 24 hours or within four hours or whenever you can include figures that makes your ads stand out. Mm. And within the description element of the ad. Something I really like to do is social proof, and that's adding a snippet of a testimonial, such as something why people pick you or why people love working with you. And that's something that I don't see any other advertisers doing, and it really stands out. And at the end of the day, we're just bringing the social proof one level further from the landing page into the ad. And then my final point is to make sure that anything you're saying on the landing page must be anything you're saying on the ad must be matched on the landing page. Mm. Because if you've said something about some amazing offer that you know, $99 or 25% off, grab this offer code, and then they click on the landing page and they can't find it, you will very quickly get the visitor bouncing back off, which Google will then reward you with a poor landing page experience that will drop your quality score. Mm. And so the spiral downwards continues. How do videos figure into all of this? So um, I don't really do a lot with videos. Um, to be honest, I, in my opinion, they're not, they're not hugely watched. We've added conversion tracking to landing pages. They're very rarely watched. Google search is a search platform. Videos and YouTube, that would be, if people are searching a video platform, they would use videos. Got, 
All right, that's good. And by the way, that is absolutely got to be the topic of your next book is just focused on YouTube uh, advertising, you know, because that is, <laughs> right? I mean, it's a whole other area. And people tell me, I've never really uh, looked it up to validate it, but they say like YouTube is now the most searched platform, you know, in the world, you know, more so than, than Google. It's, I don't know if that's true, but I do know there's a lot of people that are searching for stuff on YouTube and uh, trying to succeed on there. Um, what are ad extensions? They are the elements of the ad. They typically appear underneath it. You might have site link extensions, which take people to, through to different pages. You might have phone extensions, which connect people directly to your office. Right. Um, image extensions, where you can have a little picture of you or a team member or of your product, something like that. They're basically a way of increasing your click-through rate. So, so definitely worth using. Got it. All right, fair enough. All right, so listen, we, you know, this is such a great conversation and I, I've only covered like just a small portion that's, uh, you know, of what's in your book. Um, you know, if, if for people that are going to buy your book, and I bet you after this conversation, a lot of people would and should, um, there are entire sections on, you know, measuring and tracking your campaigns, optimizing, uh, you know, getting conversions, uh, you know, monitoring your campaigns, monitoring your competitors. It's a whole bunch of stuff, right? you know, and we did speak about remarketing. But, you know, in the last few minutes that we have, Claire, um, if, it, if there's anything we haven't talked about, is there any, like, significant thing you'd like, you know, I would really want to make sure that your audience walks away with this specific knowledge about Google Ads that we haven't already talked about that we think would be really, really important that's in my book. Can you think of something? Mm, okay. Well, it's really continually pushing the idea about competitors and, and spy food, but bringing that all in together, which is there's never any reason to start a Google Ads campaign completely from scratch and go through a real steep learning curve because all of the data you need is out there and available to you. All of the keywords that people have been bidding on, all of the ad copy that has worked for them in the past, everything that you need is available. Yet so many people start a brand new Google Ads campaign and are told or tell themselves, oh, it's going to take a while to work. It's going to take a while to optimize. Absolutely no, it shouldn't. This isn't SEO. This isn't something that's going to take months to work. All the data you need is available to you. And there's no reason why Google Ads shouldn't be bringing in leads for you really quickly, certainly within a week or two. And that's where I think Google Ads has such a strong benefit for business owners to start out with as a really great form of advertising. Because, of course, from there, once you find which are the best keywords for you on Google Ads, right. you also know those make sense to target for SEO. So you can tie that into a different strategy to achieve you know, longer term clicks and bring in more sales longer term. When you say that all the data though is out there and available, you mean you know that, that Google has this for us when we when we work with their platform, or that you know through platforms like you know like SpyFu or Moz or you know anybody else? I mean, where where do you go to get all this data? Is it mostly through Google? It's a combination of places. So it would be a combination of SpyFu. It would be a combination of using the ad preview tool to see where people's ads are appearing. Oh combination of just looking yourself in Google so that you can actually visit their landing pages. It's, um, I mean, if it was easy, hey, everybody would be doing it. And, you know, so at the end of the day, we do still need a structure to follow. 
so it's it's hidden in a few different places but that's why I'm so keen on teaching people that there is a simple step process to doing this and that's just doing this competitor research looking to see what they're doing well and at the end of the day if you make your campaigns the sum of your top four competitors if you identify the top four com competitors right now that are doing a great, great job in Google Ads if you built landing pages that were as good or better and you bid on the same keywords, then it doesn't matter what size of business you've got, you would be getting in the same leads that they've got. The only thing that can stop you really is budget and the ability to be able to expand and cope with the amount of business that it brings in. You know, really, it is a phenomenal way of advertising and launching a business or growing a business. That's great. Claire, how do people work with you? So they would go to clairejarrett.com and they would go to the contact page and they would then fill in the form to actually request a callback or there is also a appointment booking scheduler on the website as well. And what do you, you, you work by the hour or by project basis and, and what kind of services do you perform? So I'm available for either coaching, consulting, or my team and I do work on done-for-you campaigns as well. And that includes other things in Google Ads as well. But yeah, so it's whichever works best once we've had a conversation and identified what we work best. Right. Got it. Got it. In the end, though, uh, just to be clear, as valuable as your services are, and by the way, we're, I'm going to be reaching out to you separately, but as valuable as your services are, um, in the end, it is it is on the business owner and, and that person's team to, to basically run with the ball, right? I mean, mm. you can't, you're not going to sit there and uh, I'm sure with your clients, it's not like you're spending 24 hours a day um, monitoring, you know, you know, each of your clients, you know, you know, success with Google ads. Uh, they've got to learn from you and get coached by you and then, you know, and then, and then do their thing. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Claire Jarrett is the author of the excellence, uh, rapid Google ad success, how to achieve in simple seven, uh, sim seven simple steps. Claire, uh, I've learned so much by talking with you. I think our, our listeners and our viewers will learn a ton uh, by buying a copy of your book. I've already bought one. And so as Michael, my social media manager, has also done the same thing. Uh, we are, uh, we've, just, we've just loved it so much. So thank you so much for joining us. I am really, uh, really had a great time talking with you. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, you've been watching an episode of BizBooks. I've been talking with Claire Jarrett. My name is Gene Marks. Thank you very much and hope you've learned something as well uh, by this book. Uh, we will be back in just two weeks with another interview with another great and smart business author like Claire uh, discussing his or her book. So we will see you then. Take care.